This is DMOU, Destination Marketing Organization University, the DMO Sectors Podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Geist. DMOU is where you hear the best and the brightest in the destination marketing space, sharing innovative and compelling stories to inspire you to take your destination and organization to the next level. The format for our conversations on DMOU is elegantly simple. It's three questions and a bonus round. And today's episode is sponsored by the Destination Leadership Consortium, a collection of some of the sector's top consultants that has created a symposium of CEO and board leadership called, not surprisingly, Board Leadership for Destinations. The first edition last January was a raging success. The next symposium is set for January 24, 25, and 26 in Phoenix, Arizona. Designed for DMO CEO, board chair, and an incoming leader, you can learn more at destinationleadershipconsortium.com and check out the testimonials of this culture-changing event. Spots are going fast, the room block even faster. That's destinationleadershipconsortium.com. And now it's on to our show. Leah Chandler is the Chief Marketing Officer for the Puerto Rico Destination Marketing Organization, Discover Puerto Rico. As CMO, Leah is charged with providing strategic marketing leadership for the organization. Prior to her move to San Juan, Leah was the Chief Marketing Officer for Explorer Branson, where she led the growth of the community's tourism industry for five straight years, repositioning the destination's brand and posting back-to-back years of record ROI for the organization's marketing program. In previous years, Leah led the Missouri Tourism account at H&L Partners, the former agency of record for the Missouri Division of Tourism. In this role, Leah developed and guided the strategic direction of the division's marketing. Leah is a veteran of the travel and tourism industry, having directed the Indiana Tourism account for five years prior to joining H&L Partners. She has earned her CDME in 2014 and is a frequent and popular speaker around the world. Leah Chandler, welcome to DMOU. Wow, thank you, Bill. It's such an honor to be speaking with you. I really appreciate the invitation. Hey, the honor goes both ways. Uh, When we met, what's it been, maybe 10 years ago, I have watched you and just the way you think always inspires me. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the show. So your first question, when you joined Brad Dean at the new DMO for Puerto Rico, I, I think many of us, most importantly me, thought that sparks would fly. I was not prepared for what the two of you and your team have created. In that first year, I really thought that you might go for the low-hanging fruit, which was offering the roughly, and this blows my mind, that only 40% of Americans have a passport, but offering the opportunity for an island vacation in the Caribbean to 60% of Americans who don't have the passport. I mean, that's the low-hanging fruit, right? But you didn't do that. Tell us about that first year when you mapped out a strategy to essentially reintroduce Puerto Rico without playing the easy card. Well, it's an interesting journey and certainly nothing could have prepared me for the journey that Brad and I and the rest of our team would take over the last five and a half years. You probably know that the task ahead that we had as we started building the DMO in 2018 was monumental. Um, 2017 saw two major hurricanes land in Puerto Rico that really shifted priorities across the island, including tourism in the the months and years that followed. Um, Just a quick note for those who don't know, a DMO for Puerto Rico was actually an entirely new concept in 2018. In 2017, bipartisan legislation was uh, passed that created a destination marketing organization, the first ever standalone privatized organization that would market Puerto Rico to the world for the island. Prior to that, for decades, Puerto Rico tourism had been handled by the government of Puerto Rico. 
which for those of you who've been in that situation, and, and certainly many states and DMOs and destinations have seen that, you lose the opportunity in many cases to build brand equity. You lose continuity and consistency with a brand because many times as a government administration changes, exactly. the tourism directors change, the priorities change, logos change, et cetera. And, and that had certainly been the case for Puerto Rico. Yep. Um, so the tourism industry had been lobbying for a destination marketing organization for many years. And when that legislation passed in 2017, it really set the destination on a path to be able to create that brand equity for, for Puerto Rico. But of course, no one could have anticipated what was coming in September of 2017 with, with Hurricane Maria and Hurricane Irma. So when Brad was hired in the beginning of 2018, he brought me on as CMO a little bit later that spring. I was the second employee hired. Now we're up to 65 staff. It really was a, <laughs> a list of competing priorities. There were so many things that we needed to do. I, I would say that the moment for the island and what the island was going through at the time created two major streams of focus. One was building and staffing a world-class DMO. While your destination, by the way, is building back from one of the most destructive natural disasters in U.S. history, you could say that, you know, the tourism industry in Puerto Rico at that time was in triage. Yeah. So our second priority really was assessing the situation and ensuring that the first steps we took were ones that would lay a solid foundation for the organization and for the tourism industry for years to come. To do that, we first needed research. So believe it or not, no primary research had ever been done for Puerto Rico tourism prior to the DMO. So there were lots of white papers and kind of macro data that was considered in building out strategies prior to the DMO, but no primary research had been done. So one of the first things I did as chief marketing officer was undertake a brand health study understand you know what are the perceptions of Puerto Rico were coming out of these natural disasters Puerto Rico had had lots of challenges even prior to the hurricanes between you know Zika and economic issues so we needed to know what do people what do consumers think what do they know about Puerto Rico and what we found out interestingly was that Puerto Rico had very neutral perceptions. Yeah. So as you would expect, after any natural disaster, there's going to be you know negativity and people think yeah. things aren't open, right. et cetera. Really, they were saying, eh, just haven't, haven't really thought about Puerto Rico, hasn't been on my radar. So that told us, right, there's no brand equity for the destination. But there's not a negative brand equity for the exactly. destination. So you're not starting behind. You're starting actually right at the starting line. It's a new product. Exactly. And that's where this beautiful white space came into play for us. And, you know, when you ask the question, you know, you didn't immediately jump into this tactical approach and promoting no passport required. We had so much more work to do prior to that to really establish the brand for the island. Yeah. We needed to improve perceptions and do some debunking of the state of the island post-hurricane, but really was about establishing a position for the brand. What are we going to stand for? How do we differentiate ourselves in what we call the sea of sameness in the Caribbean? We needed to reintroduce Puerto Rico to the world, a brand campaign. We needed to market the welcome and let people know who Puerto Rico was, what they could expect in the experience when they came to Puerto Rico, and really let them know Puerto Rico was in fact open for business. So 
those first priorities, building the DMO and building the team uh, that would eventually make up the organization what it is today, and two, sort of prioritizing that positioning for the brand were the top priorities prior to getting into more tactical solutions and tactical marketing um, approaches. <laughs> that said, right after, I mean, we did not have that first campaign. We called the, the first campaign was the tagline, have we met yet? Mm-hmm. Because many people had heard about Puerto Rico in one context or another, but it was sort of like, maybe we needed to remind them. Maybe we needed to kind of reshare who we were. And so that first campaign didn't last nine months before, you know, we rolled right into what would be some political issues in Puerto Rico that led to the ousting of the then governor and then earthquakes at the beginning of 2020. And of course, the global pandemic, which we all experienced together in the tourism industry. So in between there, there was a lot of bobbing and weaving and, <laughs> and taking a fresh look every time at how we address those, those specific issues to speak to our clients and consumers. But really that repositioning of the brand was what we felt was most critical when we came out of the gate as a new organization in 2018. And lay over that, that your tourism partners throughout the island had never experienced a true DMO and probably were not exactly embracing this new organization for what it could be because they didn't know what it could be. That's true to an extent. I will say I give our tourism industry a lot of credit because they had very open minds. So of course, you're always going to have your haters. You're always going to have your detractors. I don't think any destination would could, could say that they don't have a few of those out there. And, and certainly we had ours, uh, still do. But for the most part, the tourism industry was very, very eager. As I mentioned earlier, they had been part of this effort to privatize tourism on the island and had pushed for the development of the DMO. So they were very open-minded and I think wanted to give us the room to stretch our legs and show what a DMO really could do and how it could elevate the island. And we're getting ready to, in the next couple of months, announce you know our third consecutive year of record-breaking results in Puerto Rico for the tourism industry. So certainly we've been able to prove the value of a destination marketing organization in the privatization of tourism in a destination. And they have been very, very, very receptive to that and extremely supportive. But it's an education process, of course. Yeah. So you've engaged consumers in fascinating and often topical ways with your marketing. I I remember fondly how you both distracted and hooked Terry and I during the early weeks of COVID with your online salsa dancing and tropical cocktail <laughs> lessons. Then there was the sensational Live Bariqua campaign that focuses on faces, not places. And then landing the first New Year's Eve celebration on American TV because you're an hour ahead of Times Square. And that had never been done before, but I mean, it was just laying there. It was just sitting there waiting and you nailed it. Walk us through how your team consistently hits on every cylinder there is. Well, first and foremost, I have to say you hit the nail on the head with the word team because we have an incredibly talented internal team, 80% of whom are from Puerto Rico, making our strategy and initiatives rooted in authenticity and super original. Yeah. And I think that's so important to a brand of a destination. And on top of that, we've aggregated an exceptional group of agencies and partners who bring a specialty and expertise to the table when it comes to ideation mm-hmm. and execution. 
And probably most importantly, both those internal and external teams are really heavily immersed in the brand as well as the DMO's objectives. So that ensures that every idea that's brought to the table ladders up to our ultimate mission. And we use the word mission a lot at Discover Puerto Rico. And I'll never forget um, the very first time I spoke to Brad Dean, he was interviewing me and I was in my living room in Branson. We were on the phone together and Brad said, this is a mission. We're walking into a mission. You're not interviewing for a job. This is going to be so much bigger than that, you know, what we want to achieve in Puerto Rico. And it's something that we have infused into our internal team, into our external teams, that there is a much bigger goal at play than generating tax revenue. And that is, you know, bringing prosperity to the people of Puerto Rico through tourism and travel. Tourism is a really small part of the GDP of Puerto Rico. It's been measured at somewhere between seven to 10%. But Think about that for a Caribbean destination. You look at other islands in the Caribbean that, you know, tourism may be as big as 30, 40, 50% of their GDP. And for, for tourism in Puerto Rico, it's been much smaller. So we know there is so much room to grow in tourism and how it can impact the lives of the people who live there. So we really approach everything with a very mission-centric mindset. And I think that makes a, a big difference as well. Some of the efforts you mentioned earlier are the result of exactly that. It's a laser-focused team. They're super educated on the brand. They live it. They breathe it. And most importantly, they're personally invested in what the DMO is built to achieve. Again, you know, bringing prosperity to the island through tourism, generating jobs. Right now, we in, in Puerto Rico have the most tourism and hospitality jobs ever in the sector in the island, over 90,000 uh, tourism and hospitality jobs today. So our mission is big, right? And it's it's important and, and everybody feels that and, and lives that. So when you create a group of people who not only know the brand, but they love it, that's where the magic really comes to life. And that's exactly what we saw with programs like the, the Pantone Color. We called that effort Sunshine to Spare, as well as the Dick Clark Rock and New Year's Eve and, and many, many others, certainly the Live Boricua campaign. On top of passion and knowledge, our teams know that I'm looking for first best only ideas. So this is a challenge for several years. I've given, I think even in Branson, my, my team's heard me say this, and I, I really challenge all of our partners and our internal team. Uh, when we think about the next big thing, is it something that we'll be the first DMO to ever do? Will we be the only DMO to ever do this? Or can we do it better than anyone else has ever done it? And we hit one or more of those criteria. We almost always have a winner when we're talking about our initiative. So mm -hmm. that's how we hit it out of the park with these big ideas. We make sure, you know, that they're connected to the mission first and foremost, but then that we're also looking across the industry and saying, can we do this bigger? Can we do it better than anyone else has done it? And that's where we know there's a lot of earned media value as well, which our, our team has done an exceptional job in capturing. Yeah. You know, when you talk about mission and that conversation you had with Brad, where he said, this is a mission, I'm pretty sure that we were having the same conversation, Brad and I, well, that you were having with Brad. I mean, we were all talking to each other as this whole thing was starting to come together. Right. And I remember the word that he used when he was talking about mission to me and what he wanted to build when he said, you know, there's a reason that I've been called 
to Puerto Rico. I mean, he had a great gig in Myrtle Beach. He could have stayed there. He could have retired there. He could have coasted the rest of the way. We all know that's not Brad. Right. Brad saw an opportunity yep. to be a change agent, and he kept using the word transformative. Right. He goes, this needs to be transformational. And that was the mission. And I'm sure that's one of the ways he hooked you to Absolutely. say, okay, let's, let's do this Puerto Rico thing, right? Absolutely. And everything he said was true and more. Um, you know, I think the work that we've done in Puerto Rico in just five years has been transformative. And we've seen that in, like I mentioned, the number of jobs that have been created and how we've been able to bounce back so much more quickly than other destinations in the U.S. and in the Caribbean because of this foundation that we've built, because of the team we've built, because of the partners that have come to the table and everybody being hyper-focused on that mission. So when we do face challenges and adversity, which Puerto Rico has, of course, had more than its fair share, we are able to pick ourselves up really quickly, dust ourselves off, and we're back in it. And that has certainly contributed in yeah. significant fashion to the success we've seen in the past five years. Yeah. And I got to say, and I know that I'm going to piss off all my friends in full service marketing agencies, but what you do by spreading it out over, I don't know, 10 partners, I don't know how many partners you have that take everything from social to PR to strategy to, I mean, you've got the best minds in the world. And while a lot of us would go, oh, that's just got to be hurting cats. I'm not willing to put that kind of time into it. What I think it has done for you is it brings so many different ideas that can build upon each other, that can create something out of nothing that maybe wouldn't happen with a single house. <laughs> well, you, you said it, not me, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, hurting cats. I mean, it's not easy. You know, as a CMO, there's a lot easier ways to do it. Absolutely. You know, when we started out in 2018, out of the gate, I issued 17 RFPs and we continue to use a very, very robust and competitive bidding process for our agency partners. Right now we have six kind of core agencies that we use, whether it's, you know, web development, it's media planning and buying, it's creative, it's public relations. We have an international firm. I want the best. I want the best at the table. I think as CMOs, if we're sitting in a room and we think we're the smartest ones there and we're calling all the shots, we're missing something major. You know, I want to sit in a room with people who are smarter than me and have bigger ideas than I have. And we're all contributing to what is the next big thing. When you've been at the top of the game for three, four, five years, as we've seen, you know, Discover Puerto Rico climb the ladder, what's next? You do have a big target on your back. And mm -hmm. as I say to my team, it's not easy to get to the top, but it's even harder to stay on top. And that's the position we find ourselves in right now. Yeah. And so for us to keep reinventing, for us to keep growing, for us to keep topping the numbers we've seen, we have to challenge ourselves. We challenge our own team. We challenge our partners because marketing is only a part of it. The experience and, and the service that we provide when guests arrive is another part of it. And then you're also challenging those external partners to keep coming up with more, to keep coming up with something bigger, to keep coming up with something that's really going to resonate and be relevant to the audiences we're talking to. And I don't want to leave that in the hands of one agency. I worked in agencies for almost 15 years before I came to the client side. Mm -hmm. And I know that you know, there are pieces of business that can become redundant. 
agencies get complacent, people get kind of comfortable. This is not an account that anyone's ever going to work on and feel comfortable in as, as long as I'm here, I feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, let me take a sidebar off of this one before we get to your third and final question. You talked about the Pantone color. That's one of those things that where in the world did that concept come from? And I'm sure it was from all of this brain power that you've got going on. But walk us through briefly how Puerto Rico has its own Pantone color. I just find that fascinating. (laughs) I love it. It's one of the coolest marketing tactics we've executed. It came from our current PR agency of record, Ketchum. And Ketchum has been with us since the very beginning. Um, They really helped Puerto Rico tourism through the major crisis that was Hurricane Maria. And from the get-go, when Brad and I started and we were building our own team, Ketchum was in the trenches with us, really helping us assess what the island had been through, assess what was going to change the narrative for the mainland media about Puerto Rico. And uh, they were extremely successful in doing that. And a, a lot of that came from some of these big, creative, sort of juicy ideas. Dick Clark was another one that came to us from Ketchum that was really going to set Puerto Rico up for major exposure and success in a way to put Puerto Rico on the main stage through, you know, super creative and clever ideas. And the Pantone color was one of those. Again, at at the beginning of each year, we talked to our agencies and we really set some goals. We set objectives. What are we trying to achieve this year? How do we build on what we did the previous year? And when Ketchum looked across the board at the successes we had had in 2018, 2019, and of course, you know, coming out of the pandemic, this was a really great way to get the attention of media in a way that was outside of those traditional tourism media publications and outlets. We love getting coverage in travel and leisure. We love getting coverage in afar. We love all of these great sort of mainstream travel outlets. But how do you start to evolve your brand outside of the tourism and travel space and really become something sticky that consumers think about even when they're not planning vacations? And the Pantone Color did that for us. It was a surprisingly affordable partnership with Pantone. And I think Pantone saw the opportunity as well to do something that they had never done in the space, partnering with a a destination. And so it became a very earned media focused effort that we knew we were going to be able to get a lot of coverage outside of the tourism and travel space. And it had a lot of legs for local partners as well, which we love. Anytime that we can take local businesses in Puerto Rico amplify those businesses, amplify their missions. It's a win-win across the board. Um, You know, highlighting small businesses, highlighting women-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses in Puerto Rico is a passion of our teams. And the agencies know that as well. So we partnered with local brand like Bettina Cosmetics to use the Pantone color to create a nail polish. You know, we partnered with a local popsicle company, Senor Peleta, who created a popsicle in the Pantone color of orange. We partnered with a local shoe designer who came up with a sandal 
that was created in the Pantone color. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, even creating with Ecos Paint a sustainable paint color made out of the Pantone Puerto Rico sunshine that is available via retail in the U.S. mainland. So Love it. the build out of this was something I don't think any of us even expected at the beginning that we saw so many local businesses come to us and say, boy, how do we get to be a part of this? We even had hotels say, we want to use the actual paint, the Ecos paint, and do a sunset painting class around our pool and invite customers, you know, our guests to come out. And they had canvases and they painted the sunset out on the ocean. It's like, wow, it just kept growing and growing and growing. And those are the kinds of ideas they sort of take on a life of their own. And now we have a sunshine shop on our website where people can get connected to all of these local partners and buy their products. So there again, it shows how, you know, a destination can go above and beyond that hotel stay and really start to become a part of people's lives outside of their vacations, which we, we love. Yeah. The whole Pantone thing has so many arms, legs, tentacles. It can go almost anywhere and just love the way that you think. So to your third question, you had talked about, you've had five, amazing years of success. You're writing the backlog of passport processing with the only driver's license needed campaign this fall. You're no longer a startup. So what's next? That you've already secured that Pantone color. (laughs) It almost seems like you're headed to become a lifestyle brand. Well, you're absolutely right, Bill. And and that's where I was really leading to at the end of the discussion around the Pantone color. And I think that's where we see the next five to 10 years of this brand evolving, being able to connect with people in the other 11 months out of the year, maybe when they're not planning a vacation. We hope people are taking more vacations than that, but we know they're not living and breathing and thinking about travel every single day like like we are in the industry. So when people aren't planning a vacation, when they're not on a vacation, how do we insert ourselves into zeitgeist? How do we insert ourselves into conversations that have nothing to do with tourism and travel? Our team, and I would say our agency partners are truly obsessed with inserting Puerto Rico into the pop culture narrative, for instance, really staying on top of the latest trends and staying abreast of, you know, upcoming faces that represent Puerto Rico in sports and entertainment. We're just constantly keeping our ears to the ground to make sure that Puerto Rico is not just a moment that people think of when they are thinking about sun and sand and pina coladas, which by the way, were invented in Puerto Rico, but when they're thinking about painting their house, you know, when they're thinking about painting a room in their house, they're thinking, wow, Puerto Rico, I just saw something. They just created this paint color and wow, it's sunny and bright. And it gives me all these great vibes. Now Puerto Rico is inserted into a conversation about home decor, right? And that's where destinations can make this leap from being a travel and tourism vacation spot to being a lifestyle brand. And it's something I haven't seen a lot of destinations lean into yet. And I don't know that it's for every destination, but I think for Puerto Rico, it really can be. And we're starting to make steps into that space, you know, whether we're doing celebrity outreach, we're vetting influencers, we're learning about a film that's going to be produced on the island or, or leveraging a major sponsorship or entertainment team. We're seeing Puerto Rico 
in the spotlight. And I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. So how do we as a destination leverage that stickiness to really create something that consumers connect with before, after, during vacations, and, and, and even when they're not going on vacation in Puerto Rico, but they're thinking about, man, the next time I want to go to Puerto Rico, that's where we become a lifestyle brand. That's where we become more than you know a fly and flop destination. We become a part of the ongoing conversations that people are having that are not connected to tourism and travel. It's a lofty goal. It's certainly not something that happens overnight, but I would argue that Puerto Rico isn't having a moment. Puerto Rico is the moment. And you're seeing that all around us from, like I mentioned, celebrities, from musicians. Um, The culture of Puerto Rico is something that is really getting infused to the food we eat, you know, the music we listen to, the art we see. Puerto Rico is on the scene. And I don't think that is going to go away anytime soon. It's our responsibility as destination marketers to, in a responsible way, tie that to how visiting the destination can really impact the economy, impact the lives of people who live here, and really become a sustainable brand for the future. And as you said, pop culture is where that's going to live. And, you know, my mind is is always connecting those dots just like yours is. And so as I look out over our side yard where our offices are, and I see two inches of snow, I know that probably sometime today I'm going to be turning on either No Shoes Radio or Margaritaville on Sirius XM just to get a different vibe going orally as I look out at the frozen wasteland. So I'm thinking that. I'm thinking about Steve Hayes, you know, who did the St. Pete's streaming (laughs) drama comedy. Pseudo-reality, yeah. (laughs) That was fun. It it, it was that moment to take you away. And I, I think you're right. I think that there's a fascination with Puerto Rico right now that you're right, we probably weren't thinking about Puerto Rico eight, 10 years ago in our daily lives, but today we do. And to have, you know, a sitcom or, or a, a drama set in Puerto Rico, I, I just, I mean, having traveled the island, there are so many opportunities to show more than just San Juan. You're absolutely right. You know, Puerto Rico has 78 municipalities, including San Juan, and every corner is better than the last. And there's so much to share about the island and so many stories that haven't been told. And we're thinking of more and more unique ways to tell those stories. Um, It's incredible. Some of the stuff that's in the pipeline for the coming year, I'll have to come back, Bill, in a year from now, we'll talk about what happened in 2024 because (laughs) we've got some killer programming and some really amazing opportunities coming up that just when I think we can't top that, we get ideas going, we get opportunities presented to us. And I think, man, we're going to take this to the next level. And um, I, I hope to continue to see Discover Puerto Rico do that for many, many years to come. We're just getting started. Exactly. That's just what I was going to say. You're just getting started. And it's already been five years and an amazing five years it's been. So congratulations. So time for the bonus round question. I often wonder, for those of us that were competitive athletes in high school and college, if that experience paints a path of where we're going, I was a competitive swimmer. And that's a very, very lonely, you're on your own. It's not a team sport except for the relays. And that's kind of how I've run my life and my business. I mean, we are, as you know, a very small two-person boutique consultancy. And I prefer it that way. I guess I didn't come from team sports. You were a competitive gymnast. So tell us how that has guided your life into 
marketing Puerto Rico. Sure. Well, it, I was a, a competitive gymnast for 10 years, and um, I think it was probably influential in a lot of ways, maybe some some good and some bad. I do think it has certainly made me really competitive. I can say that about myself. I know others would, would say it as well. You do, I think, have a different mentality, as you mentioned, when you're in individual sports and yes, in gymnastics, you know, there's also a team score, but really you are performing as an individual. And I think there is a certain amount of Mm -hmm. commitment of concentration of pressure that we all put on ourselves as individual athletes that I had since I was, you know, seven or eight years old and, and started competing as a gymnast. And so I I do think that's been a lot of what has driven me. It's formed, I think, a a lot of the discipline that I have in my career and really wanting to push for what is next and how do we stay on top? Because as, as a gymnast, and I think most athletes experience this, you know, you're always looking to what that next meet is, what that next competition is, how do you beat your last score? So I see that applied (laughs) pretty uniformly across uh, my career. It also probably from a, a gymnast standpoint, you would hear a lot of people who've been in the sport talk about perfectionism and that can be good and it can be bad. You know, I think always, putting a lot of demands and expectations on yourself and demands and expectations on the team around you can be daunting sometimes. You know, I think we have to retrain ourselves to, you know, take a break, to know when it's time to, you know, chill out, to decompress, to really focus on things outside of work. And for a destination like Puerto Rico, you know, that we do have so much Uh, more to achieve and we have so much more that we want to accomplish it's hard to sort of lay it down sometimes and say like okay we also need to give ourselves a break give our team a break and make sure that we're coming back as the best version of ourselves for our job but I think coming from a, a competitive athletic background when I was very very young it is sort of something that gets ingrained in you and you have to check it from from time to time so mm-hmm. like i said there's good and bad that comes with that it actually rolled into what became for a short period of time a competitive cheerleading career <laughs> very short lived and i even did competitive baton twirling really so if i'm ever yeah if di or anybody ever has a a talent show you know let me know and i'll bring my batons to annual conference or something and well there is the house band <laughs> but also here's what i'm thinking because one of our previous guests john lambeth is apparently a world class player of bagpipe. Wow. So I can see him doing bags and you doing on stage. So many hidden talents in the (laughs) tourism industry. I mean, we're just scratching the surface, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thank you so much for all you do for this industry. You are always sharing concepts and egging us all, I think, on as you are competitively trying to hit the next mark, whatever that may be. And uh, thanks for everything that you do, both for Puerto Rico and for all of us in this industry. Awesome. Thank you, Bill. I really appreciate your time. It's been fun. Oh, no, it has been. That's it for this edition of DMOU. Tell your friends and peers this is where the best and the brightest come to share their stories. It's DMOU.com. Be sure to subscribe to this feed on whatever platform you enjoy your podcast so you can receive instant notification every time a new episode drops. Thanks again to our sponsor, the Destination Leadership Consortium, a collection of some of the sector's top consultants that has created the symposium for CEO and board leadership called Board Leadership for Destinations. The first edition last January was a raging success. The next symposium is coming January 25 and 26 in Phoenix, Arizona, designed for DMOs, CEOs, 
board chairs, and incoming leaders. You can learn more at DestinationLeadershipConsortium.com, but don't dawdle. We're down to 10 spots left for this amazing event. DMO Pros is where you're going to find links to our services for the DMO sector, links to the Z News, position papers on board diversity and a new model for destination development, the book Destination Leadership, and the biggest DMO job board on the planet, plus access to past episodes of DMOU. That's DMO Pros with a Z.com. Executive producer of DMOU is Terry White, and this is a production of DMO Pros. I'm your host, Bill Geist. Until next time.